Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. I love this house because you never know what's coming around the corner, amen? You never know what the, what the Holy Spirit has in store for us, but that's what I know what a sign for a healthy house is, is that we know that we have systems and schedules, but it's always the Spirit first, amen? We take our guidance from the Holy Spirit for how our services are going to go, and uh, man, I've had so much church already, I, man, I feel so good right now, and uh, so you know what, we're not even going to ask you to stand, y'all been standing long enough, and um, I had a uh, uh, regular 45, 40 minute message plan, but we're going to do the Cliff Notes version, we're going to do a 15 minute version, we're going to do a version where I believe that there is a word um, that God has placed, that's the re- reason why the Holy Spirit is still leading us to continue, because I believe there's still a word to be said, and to be received. And so what we're doing um, tonight uh, uh, is we're going deeper into what was talked about on Sunday. Can we give the message on Sunday a hand clap? Didn't the ladies of the house do so great? They, they spoke on the parable of the ten bridesmaids. They did such an awesome job. Um, and it was really just a great conversation study um, of that parable. And there were so many good things that they said. And, and so it was, it was hard for me to even try to go deeper into that. But that's what I'm doing tonight, and we're going deeper into, uh, into that uh, parable of the ten bridesmaids. And I had some things planned. We were going to start off with comparing how uh, the old traditional Hebrew uh, wedding ceremony took place and how it correlated to us and the story that we're reading. But we're not going to get into that for the sake of time. But it was, a, it was great context, but long story short... For what it was going to be about is this, is that every parable you read, know that Jesus said every word for a reason. And that when he spoke about the parable of the bridesmaids, he was speaking with the context of knowing that if you were there during that time, then you understood why these bridesmaids were, were waiting for the bridegroom to return. Because the quick version of this is this, is back in the day, over 2,000 years ago, a, he, a Hebrew wedding would look like a, a, a groom. He would, first thing he would do is that he would leave his father's house and he would go to the bride and he would pay the father, the, the father of the bride a dowry. Everybody say dowry. He, they, he would pay a dowry or really uh, 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 pr- pay him in some way, form, or fashion to show how much he valued and appreciated and loved his daughter. Uh, and that correlates with us because Jesus left his father's house. And he paid a dowry for you and I. And he paid a price. And he can go even deeper in saying that he had to pay the price with his life. And so that's why, that's how much you and I are valued because we are the bride of Christ. He says that we are, uh, he is returning for his bride. And so that's what first take place is that the, the groom would pay a dowry. And after they paid a dowry, the, the groom and the bride, they would write a a agreement or a commitment to one another saying that they're going to get married. And when they would make this commitment, it would set apart the bride. It would make the bride into a place to where she was set apart and sanctified to where this bride was only for that groom. This like when you and I accept Jesus into our heart, we are now set apart now we are the bride of Christ, and now we have been sanctified by the blood of Jesus. Amen. Can we give that a hand clap? 
Now, where we pick up in this story, in the parable of the bridesmaids, and sorry again for the sake of time, we're not going to run through it fully. We'll, we're going to do it a little bit, but we're not going to do it how we usually would. Um, but during the third part, after they made that commitment and that agreement to one another, it, it would be in writing. Then the bridegroom would go back to his father's house, and what he would do is prepare a place for the bride. He would begin to make room for her. He would begin to, to build a house if he needed to. He would begin to prepare a place for the bride. And then once he was done preparing a place, he would then return for his bride. It says this in uh, John chapter 14, verse 2. This is Jesus talking. And there we go. This is Jesus talks. says, there is more than enough room in my father's home. If this were not so, I would have told you that I'm going to prepare. Everybody say prepare. Prepare a place for you. So when everything is ready, I will come and get you so that the way you will always be where I am. Who's thankful that Jesus is preparing a place for us in heaven? That was the Cliff Notes introduction, okay? So where we pick up in this parable is these ten bridesmaids are waiting for the groom to return after preparing a place in his father's home. Now the hour nor time of his return is unknown. That's why you have to be ready. That's why the bridegrooms had to be ready. And that is where we pick up um, in verse 1. And this is what it reads in verse, in, in, in verse 1. It says, Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten bridesmaids who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish. Everybody say foolish. And five were wise. Now what I want us to notice is that he didn't say five were sinners and five were saints. He didn't say five of them were bad and five were good. He said five were wise and five were foolish. Meaning that all ten were invited to the wedding. All ten of them were on their way to heaven. But five of them were wise and five of them were foolish. I don't have to say this, but I know we all know some foolish Christians, right? That we can say five, they are invited to the party, right? But maybe they're not doing what exactly they're set, they're set apart to do. And it says that um, they, as they were waiting together, it wasn't that five were waiting and five were not, they were all waiting for the same invitation. They were all waiting for the groom to return. So it wasn't that five were out and five were, five were in. They were all invited to the wedding, but what determined the difference is what they were doing while they were waiting. What I've learned is that when we are following after God, there's a lot of times where we find ourselves in a patient season, right? And sometimes we look, like to look at, at patience. We like to look at it as a season of punishment, right? Have you, have you ever heard that? Like the worst word you could ever receive is when somebody says, get ready because you're going to be entering a patient season. And everybody goes, oh, no, right? Patience is the worst. That means I'm waiting. That, that means it's not here yet. That means that I'm not going to step into it right away. But what God looks at in the waiting season is not that we are wasting our time. See, if you, will, if, you, if you let the enemy convince you, he will try to convince you that when you are patient, you are wasting your time. He will tell you, hey, no, no, just start now. Just get into what you're doing now. No, why, why should you wait upon the word of the Lord? Why should you wait until God aligned it for you? No, do it now because you are wasting your time. But in the kingdom of heaven, patience is not a punishment. 
in the kingdom of heaven, patience isn't something that we have to endure or something that we have to look at as a way for us wasting our time. No, patience is God preparing us for the promises and the purposes of God. Quite literally, if you try to skip over the patient part of your process, you're going to miss out on the promises of God. If you try to say, God, I see where you're taking me, I'm, so I'm going to skip steps 1 through 10. I'm going to go straight to 11. All right? Who knows if you ever tried that, because I have. If you ever tried that, you make a lot of mistakes along the way. And it says in verse 3, it says that five were foolish and didn't take enough olive oil for their lamps, but the other five were wise enough to take along extra. Everybody say extra. So they're talking about oil. Now, in the scripture... Um, in the scripture that we are, in, in the scripture that we are doing and that we are reading, oil does not represent uh, essential oils, right? Jesus isn't saying stock up on essential oils, but what Jesus is saying is that oil represents His Spirit. So what Jesus is saying is that you need to stock up on My Spirit. That you needed to have a supply of his spirit in our lives. Because if we don't have the correct supply, who knows that when we try to get through that patient season, that it's not really going to work out for us. That when we try to get through that patient season, we're going to realize that we are really, that's how we end up in a burnout season, is that we're trying to survive the season without renewing our oil. It says bring some extra oil. Bring some enough for the journey. Bring some enough that even if you go through something unplanned for, you still have enough oil or you still have enough of the spirit to carry you through that. So I know what Jesus is communicating in this parable. He says, you need more of my spirit. He said, but the foolish people, they didn't have extra oil. So what he's trying to tell us is that it would be foolish of us. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't be a fool. See, it would be foolish of us to try to live this life without his spirit. That would be foolish of you to try to do. You say, hey, you're invited to the party. You're invited to the journey that I'm placed you on, right? They, these ten bridesmaids, they were all invited uh, to the wedding. But it will be foolish of you to think that you're going to get where I'm taking you without me. That would be foolish of you to think that. Because his spirit is what gives us the strength. His spirit is what gives us the allowance to continue. His spirit is what allows us to push through what God is, is what the enemy is trying to push against us. Why? Because we require extra oil. Turn to your neighbor and say, we need more oil. That's point one for, for tonight is this, is that our relationship with God determines our readiness in life. You want to know how you're ready? Look at your relationship with him. Any time that I have felt that I wasn't ready for what's next is when I wasn't doing what was right with my relationship with God. Any time that something has happened in my life where I was caught flat-footed and say, God, what is going on? I always realized that nothing to do with God. It had everything to do with my relationship with him. That I was looking and I wasn't, I wasn't doing what I was supposed to do. I wasn't carrying that extra oil. I was trying to survive on my own and I wasn't ready for what God had for me. See, these ten bridesmaids, they, five of them were wise and five of them were foolish. But it says that when the bridegroom was delayed, it says they all fell asleep. 
Turn to him and say, they all fell asleep. It says when the bridegroom arrived, they were all asleep. So that means that even the five wise ones made a mistake. Because I'm reading that scripture, I'm saying, well, if they're wise, why didn't they stay up? If they're wise, why weren't they able to be up until the bridegroom came? But it says that the wise and the foolish, they both made a mistake. So don't look at this parable and read it and think for me to make it to heaven means that I need to be mistake free. Don't look at this parable and think for me to make it into my purpose means that I have to live mistake free. Because we all know that nobody in this house, nobody watching online is perfect. We only serve a perfect God. So for us to be able to reach our purpose doesn't mean that we have to live mistake free because the five wise ones made a mistake. But where they were wise is what scripture says in Proverbs that the righteous man falls seven but rises again. So the wise ones, even though they made a mistake, because they had the extra oil, they were able to rise again. See, when you and I make a mistake, that doesn't make us a failure. When you and I do something that's not right, that doesn't make us a failure. That makes us human, right? That makes us that makes us a normal person because everybody makes mistakes. But when we make a mistake, what Scripture says is that we have to know where to turn to. What Scripture says is that we have to know that when things don't go according to plan, that we have to have some extra oil on the inside of us, that we have to be able to know where to look to. We have to be able to know where our strength comes from. We have to be under this, understand that when we fall, because we're all going to make mistakes. And when we make mistakes, we have to know where our strength comes from. Because if we make a mistake, and this is where I believe the five foolish ones, they, they, they didn't have the answer for, is that when they made their mistake, if you read scripture, it says they, they, they tried to turn to people. They turned to the five wise ones and said, hey, give me your oil, right? They, they turned to the five wise They turned to people to make up for their mistake. Whenever you make a mistake, if you rely so much on people more than you do God, if you make a mistake and you rely on possessions more than you do God, if you make a mistake and you rely more on money than you do on God, if you rely more on a broken world than you do on the wholeness of our God, if you make a mistake and you reach for brokenness to make you whole, that's what makes you foolish. It doesn't make you foolish that you made a mistake. We all make mistakes. Now, don't you know, hear me, right? Don't make the same mistake over and over and over again. We'll, we'll say, well, I heard in church I can make mistakes. That's not what I'm saying. We all make mistakes, but right, it's what we do after mistake that makes the difference. Are we going to repeat or repent? Amen? And just a heads up, I'm done with the notes, okay? There's not enough time for them. So it's what, that's what makes the difference is that we have to understand where our help comes from. If there's something that I learned tonight when we were worshiping and praying together is that I understood where my help comes from. That we were able to get that extra oil. We were able to get that refreshing. We were able to understand, hey, I might have made a mistake last night. I made a, made, might have made a mistake this morning. But I know that if I fall, I look up and I can reach out to God and he can fill me up. He can strengthen me on the inside. He can begin to show me how I can begin to get back up on my purpose again. Because don't be in this place and think if I made a mistake, then that means I missed out on God's best. Because so many people I talk to say, well, you don't understand. I've made the worst mistakes. I, I've, I've done things that I'm not proud of. I've, I've made mistakes, and I think that has removed me. I've missed out on my opportunity because I made a mistake. 
and then the enemy begins to try to hold that over your head. That anytime you try to go forward, he reminds you of the past. That anytime you try to take steps in the right direction, he reminds you of the misdirection that you made. But what God wants to show us and what he showed the bridegrooms is that even the five wise ones made a mistake, but they knew where to go to afterwards. They knew that even though I made a mistake, I'm still invited to the party. Even though I made a mistake, I'm still on my way to the wedding. And as long as I get back on path, then I'm going to be back on the purpose that God has for me. Amen. Will you stand to your feet? I'm closing tonight. I want to do it quickly. And really what I wanted to close with is that all these bridegrooms, the five foolish and the five wise, the five wise ones were able to enter in to the wedding party. They were able to enter into what God had for them. They were able to enter in the promises of God because they were ready for it. You will only receive what you are ready for. If you're not ready, don't expect to receive. If you're living life saying, God, I'll wait till tomorrow to get ready for the promises you have for me, tomorrow will never come. If you say, God, I will wait until the opportunity is in front of me before I get ready for it, then you're going to miss out on the opportunity. But if you say, God, I want to be ready every day. I want to live ready every day. I want to live my life ready for the promises of tomorrow. So how do I receive tomorrow's promises? I got to live ready today. Today I got to make sure I'm in the right positions. Today I got to make sure I'm in the right mindsets. Today I got to make sure that what God is doing in my life, I don't want to miss out on it. Because I don't want to get to the end of my life. Invited to the party, but live foolishly while I was here on earth. And then get to the gates of heaven and realize that I missed out on so many things because I wasn't ready for them. Because I chose not to live each and every day with purpose and intentionality with my relationship with Christ. Because how we stay ready is that we do what we did today. As we get in the presence of God. We get into our prayer closet. We get into a mindset and say, God, I'm not looking to the left or to my right. I'm keeping my eyes on you. Because the world is not going to make me ready for your promises. People is not what makes us ready for the purpose that God has. Only God's word and presence makes us ready for his promises. So I want to close with this scripture. This is the very end of the parable. Honestly, guys, Matthew 25, read it on your own. But it says, later when the other five bridesmaids returned, the ones who were unwise, it says they stood outside calling, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he called back, he said, believe me, I don't know you. He said, if I did know you, if you didn't know me, then you would be ready for my return. If you really knew me. If you really knew the promises and the purposes that I have for your life, if you really knew, then you wouldn't want to miss out on what I have for you. If you really understood the, what God has in store, if you really understood what God has in our future, I'm telling you right now, you would be ready today. If God showed you a glimpse of your future, if God showed you 
what he had for you in your future, you say, God, I don't want to miss out on that. I want to live for you today. But that's what faith is about. Saying, God, I can't see tomorrow. But I'm not going to wait till tomorrow to trust you. I can't see five years from now. But I'm not going to wait till then to, to take you seriously. No, God, I want to live ready today. I want to live in a place of your purpose today. I want to make sure that every breath I take and step I, I begin to move into is directed by your Holy Spirit. I want to be ready for you. I want to be prepared for what you have for me. I want to close with this thought. is that we will never miss a promise when we choose to live prepared. We will never miss a promise when we choose to live prepared. Today, tonight, it was a different night. But choose to live prepared for God's tomorrow. Be prepared for God's promises on your life. Don't live a life where you get to the end of it and you see all the things you missed out on. Because that's what regret is. God doesn't want us to live life with regrets. God doesn't want us to live life and, and feel like we missed it. God wants us to live life and get to the, the gates of heaven and hear that. But we all want to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. Well done for being prepared. Well done for being ready for my purpose and my plans. With every head bowed and eyes closed, I just want to pray over tonight. Father, I thank you for what you're doing, God. I thank you for what you started. That, God, what you started tonight, God, in our prayer time, in our worship time, God, in the time of the word, you have begun to begin. You have begun, God, to renew. You have begun a new work, Father. So, God, let us be prepared for what you have for us. Let us not, God, get into the temptation of God of living in yesterday or give into the temptation of not being ready. But God, let us, God, live prepared and ready for your best. Let us, God, live today with the strength, God, that you have for us. Let us live today, God, filled up with the Holy Spirit, prepared and ready, God, prayed up for tomorrow. God, into the presence of God, ready to receive what you have for us. God, let us live prepared today. God, we come against any weapon. We come against any word spoken against us, God. We come against any lies of the enemy that's trying to tell people that their tomorrow is already messed up because of their yesterday. Or that their tomorrow will not be the same because of the mistakes of their past. But God, we thank you right now that the past is under the blood. We thank you right now that every mistake, God, is cleansed and cleared. We thank you right now, God, to give them that peace to know that the better days are still ahead of them. That the best is yet to come. That what God has in store for you is greater than what is in your yesterday. That your tomorrow, get ready for it. Get prepared for it. Begin to get in position for it. Because what God has in your tomorrow, you better be ready. Because God has mighty things in your tomorrow. So Father, we thank you, God, for building strength on every single one of us. God, we thank you for what you're doing in this house, for everybody watching online. That God, we have a renewed strength. Let us not leave this place the same way we walked in. But God, let us leave this house, God, with more strength from you. God, with more peace from you. God, with more of understanding, God, of who you are in our life. God, let us begin to have to get filled up by your spirit. In the name of Jesus, God, that we are ready. We are prepared, God, that your Holy Spirit is breaking walls and leading our decisions, Father. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Don't you believe that? Let's just worship together.
Let's just worship together with every hand lifted. Come on, let's just worship into this moment. It's been a different night. But it's been a night directed by His Spirit. So let's leave. Let's go into a time of worship. And let's leave this place and give praise in the name of Jesus. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. For more information about who we are, visit RiversideChurchTX.com.